comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Bless the Lord. The reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Savior and King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to him be the glory forever. Now it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he seized one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in my bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, and because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father, among you will he give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Last week we uh, celebrated the Feast of Pentecost, which, as most of you know, is the day that the Holy Spirit descended on the Church. So naturally, our Mother of the Church arranges readings uh, about the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks. In Vespers, last night we read uh, about the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. He takes St. Peter, St. James, St. John on a mountain, and then Christ is shining uh, in bright light and he's conversing he's talking with Moses and Elijah you know most of you know the events of the transfiguration but I said that the church is arranging readings for these next four weeks about the Holy Spirit how is the feast of the transfiguration or the readings of the transfiguration related to the Holy Spirit what does it have to do with the Holy Spirit at all if you look at today's gospel 
you can see an explicit mention of the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's the same verse I mentioned it uh, in my sermon last week on the Feast of Pentecost. When the disciples asked our Lord Jesus Christ, how do I pray or teach us to pray? He gives them the Our Father prayer. And then he talks to them about persistence in prayer. And he closes with this verse. This is the last verse that we read today. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So how do we tie these two readings together? The events of the transfiguration and this call from Christ to pray to God, to give us the Holy Spirit. The link here actually is the transfiguration represents that we or what we can become when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The concept is that the Holy Spirit can transform us from being carnal, from being earthly, into something much, much greater. There are two ways of asking the Holy Spirit to be involved in any process of transformation that will lead to our holiness. One is to ask Him to assist with our efforts. Right? This is the way of sort of like ethics. We do the planning, we make the efforts, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. The other way, the better way, is to leave everything to the Holy Spirit. In its extreme, if I do nothing but pray and leave everything to the Holy Spirit, this is wrong. I have to have a balance of both. Both of the extremes are wrong, but of these two, the first one is probably the one we have to sort of watch out for more carefully, especially because uh, we're in a period of time in the, in the, in the world where uh, rationalism and, and, and humanism is something that is uh, prominent uh, in the world. The scripture teaches us that the Holy Spirit does not work in that way, doesn't work according to whatever you want, right? How does our Lord Jesus Christ uh, describe the Holy Spirit. He says he blows where he wills. He's God. He's not going to be just told sort of what to do. The reading actually from the book of Acts this morning shows us this. It's very clear in that passage that the Holy Spirit tells the apostles to do certain things and those things might not necessarily have always been their first plan. If we read a passage from the, one of the verses, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit says, Separate for me these two people, and I have something that I need them to do. And then later when he talks about Elymas the sorcerer, he's trying to convince the proconsul in the book of Acts to disregard the faith. He started to believe in the faith because of the words of St. Paul and Elymas the sorcerer is trying to, to, to discourage him from believing. It says, Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you sons of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? So my point here is, today God is telling us we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should be transformed to be like Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and we can begin to achieve this when we ask for the Holy Spirit to be renewed in us. But when we pray for the Holy Spirit to come and to be renewed within us and to work more strongly in us, we must be prepared for the unexpected. Or at least we have to be prepared that He may direct us to say or to do something that maybe we, have never, we would have never done on our own or never thought to do on our own or wasn't along the lines of the plan that I had for myself in my life. 
Because the goal of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us is what? Is our sanctification. Listen to what the, the, the Catholic epistle of today said. St. Peter, he calls the Christians that he was writing to, he says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. Another way of saying that is it's a call for holiness. When something is holy or something is sanctified, it means it is something that is set apart. Something or someone is set apart from God. When all of you were baptized, we anoint you with the holy Myrun. When you're and the dwell and, the, and we believe that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us in this sacrament. But the sacrament is also the meaning behind it is we are separating ourselves for the service of God, or we're separating our entire selves to God Himself. It's a recognition that our nature belongs to God. We can't own ourselves, we can't own our bodies, we don't own our lives, even natural resources. They all belong to God. We are here in the world as priests of creation. When, when God created Adam and Eve, He gave Adam dominion over all of creation. So we're in the world as priests of creation with the privilege of referring the creation back to its creator. So when I pray to God the Father to give me the Holy Spirit, as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us in the passage that we read this morning, I should understand that it will come with an emptying of myself. Where I say, okay, I want God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but then I have to be empty. Or I have to not have other things there filling me. A realization that everything that is considered mine does not really belong to me and that cannot really belong to me if I'm supposed to be transformed and transfigured like Christ on Mount Tabor. This means then, as I pray that prayer, I have to be ready. What does the Holy Spirit want to remove from my life? What does the Holy Spirit want me to add in my life? What needs to change for me to make room for Him? The Holy Spirit is not going to occupy space in my heart that is already filled with the things of the world. There has to be a process of emptying in order to make room for Him. You remember uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, He gives a parable. He mentions about a person who is possessed by demons. And the demon finds the place swept and put in order. And then He says He goes and gets other demons and the state of that man is worse than the first, right? But think about the middle of the parable, the process of sweeping and putting in order of our hearts. What is that? What is this process of sweeping and putting in order our hearts? If I say that our heart was a mess, it's full of things. And because when the demon was there, it was full and it was a mess. And then I, he swept and put it in order. What is this? For us, as Orthodox Christians, this is what asceticism and spiritual practice is all about. The sweeping up of our souls, the emptying of ourselves for God. Our prayers, our repentance, our confession, our fasting are all ways that we sweep and put in order ourselves for the Holy Spirit to come and to dwell in us. There's something a little bit more that I wanted to mention that we sometimes miss. Holiness is all of us, sometimes we have a tendency to understand holiness in an individualistic way. What I mean is, it's viewed as the transformation of an individual into a holy man or woman, characterized by you know having certain virtues and shining forth qualities of like goodness, humility, love, etc. What we tend to forget is that when the Holy Spirit acts, 
he always brings about communion and he creates community. We even actually, we following the words of St. Paul, when we, when we give a final blessing, we say, the gift and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. At the end of any liturgical meeting, this is what we say at the end, the gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you all. So there is no such thing actually as holy individualism. All holiness stems from the communion of the Spirit. It's this that actually makes the church holy and at the same time so important for our spirituality. I cannot be a Christian alone. Being a Christian alone does not exist. That's why actually, especially now, when, when the churches are so limited in number and we're not able to come and pray as we usually are, this is why you know, the church is not expressing itself in its fullness. right? Because the church in its fullness is the community, the body of believers, worshipping in fellowship and worshipping as one. It's because of the association of the Holy Spirit with communion that St. Cyprian says there is no salvation outside of the church. That's why this has to be taken seriously. We should look not, we shouldn't look like at the transformation of our church communities uh, as sort of exclusive to our holiness and our sanctification. This is, this is part and parcel, it's coming together. Those things, things, two things are one thing. The structure, the ministry, all the, what you would call maybe like visible unity of the church cannot be irrelevant to holiness. So what does that look like for us practically? It means I need to be engaged in my church community that I pray in, that I belong to. That means I have to do more than just come to church to pray liturgy and immediately leave. The people that are here with you in this community are the people that you will enter into the kingdom of heaven hand in hand with. We read this passage and I want to read to you many, many times on Sundays, but I want to read it again and I want you all to really think about it. From the Epistle of St. John, he says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So ask yourself this question. Do I truly love everyone that I pray with? The people that are sitting to your right and to your left are your brothers and sisters. Do you love them? It's easy for us to say yes. In our minds we say, yeah, of course. I don't have anything against anybody. And I love everybody. But many times we're saying this because we seek to sort of soothe our consciences. To help you better answer this question, whether or not I love the people around me, I would encourage you to try something like this. Name the person or people that maybe you're thinking about and say to yourself, I love X, Y, Z, and I show my love by blank. And then fill in this blank. I show my love by getting to know them. I show my love by showing interest in the things that is going on in their lives. I show my love by making them feel welcome, by making them feel happy. I show my love by edifying them, by seeking out opportunities to help them or to make their lives easier. If I can't figure out a way to fill in that blank as to how I show my love, I think this is an opportunity for growth for us. Ask God and He will give you the Holy Spirit and opportunities to create fellowship and to bond ourselves to each other more completely as one body. The last thing I wanted to mention is holiness. The sanctification that I mentioned is the work of the Holy Spirit and allows us to be transfigured like Christ is actually liberation and freedom. St. Paul says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Liberation, when you think about liberation, is from someone or something. 
freedom from someone or for some freedom from something. And it takes, uh, it takes lots of different forms. Liberation, the Holy Spirit liberates us from the past. Forgiveness through repentance. It liberates us from the passions of our ego. Remember I said, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I have to empty myself. And we are liberated finally from decay and death. And we are given freedom, freedom to love even our enemies, to allow for personal or cultural or other sort of differences and identities to exist and to create one's life for the others as our Lord Jesus Christ gave it to us on the cross. All of this means that the Holy Spirit has a great role about how the church is supposed to look and how we are supposed to be sanctified and made holy and to be transfigured. We have to work for a spirituality that will make sense to unite ourselves so that we can all become holy together. We have to guard ourselves against an easy spiritualism. Right? We, we sometimes we say we know how to say the right things, but to actually day in and day out to do the right things. Our Lord Jesus Christ today is saying, He's willing. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. I want to give you the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be strengthened in you. I want Him to work in you in a greater and more profound way. So we need to have the courage to ask. Courage, I say courage because once we ask, like we saw in the book of Acts, and like I mentioned earlier, when He calls us to do something, that we have the courage to say yes, the courage to act, the courage to do the things that the Holy Spirit is leading us. May the Holy Spirit continue to lead all of us. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Blessed.